hello students this podcast is basically about the romantic age and when we say romantic age it means the age and at the time period that started from 1798 to 1832 1798 because it was the year in which uh, william wordsworth along with coleridge published his book lyrical ballads and then it is said that with the publication of lyrical ballads romantic age actually started and the age lasted till like 1832 and 1832 is the year in which scott died so it is said that the romantic feeling or the romantic vibe went dead with the death of scott and when we talk about romantic age then we talk about romantic movement and while we are studying about romantic movement we really need to see it in the perspective of romantic movement as a revolt and generally when um, we understand romantic movement then we understand romantic movement in english poetry as a revolt against tradition and social authority and uh, when we are studying this we need to study romantic movement in english poetry as a revolt under certain subtopics so the first topic that we will be studying is romantic movement as a reaction the second would be the nature of the revolt and the third would be the reaction against reason and the fourth would be the importance of imagination feeling and emotion and then the fifth will be about the style of the romantic poetry that is we'll be studying about diction and meter and then finally we'll be studying about this romantic revolt against social authority so to begin with we need to understand how romantic revolt was a reaction so the romantic movement was a european not only an english phenomena its repercussions were felt towards the end of the 18th century but its efflorescence came at different times in different countries and in different ways germany was perhaps the first country to manifest a market change in its sensibility which affected its philosophical thought more than literature england turned romantic about the beginning of the 19th century and france the witness to the famous french revolution that we all know that took place in 1789 manifested the influence of romanticism around 1830 when the romantic movement was already starting to decline in england romanticism meant different things in different countries and even in the same country it implied different things with different writers thus in england it is customary to um, group wordsworth shelley coleridge keats byron all as romantics but how different say byron and wordsworth or maybe um yes keats and shelley are a critic recommends the use of the term romanticisms rather than romanticism in consideration of the variety of its fundamental features whatever be the interpretation of the term romanticism it is clear that it was essentially of the nature of a reaction in england in the romantic movement implies a reaction against the school of dryden 
Pope and Dr. Johnson. However greatly may Wordsworth and Byron differ in their conception and practice of poetry, it is indisputable that both of them reacted against the set conventions and rules of poetry formulated and traditionalized over the decades by the poets of the new classical school. The Romantic movement was thus a revolt against literary tradition, but it was more. It was also a revolt against social authority. It was perhaps Schlegel who first defined Romanticism as liberalism in literature. Most of the Romantic poets were for the liberation of the individual spirit from the shackles of social authority as well as literary tradition. This emphasis on individual predilection, which in philosophical terms approaches subjectivism, renders the Romantic output somewhat chaotic. We understand the meaning of subjectivism? Yes, when you yourself are a subject of your creation. When there is no tradition or uniting authority, it's not surprising that the Romantic poets take widely divergent paths. Thus, even if we may accept that there was a classical or neoclassical school of poetry, it is difficult to conceive of the existence of a romantic school in inverted commas. Now we come to the second subtopic that is the nature of the revolt. And uh, we can begin with the quote of uh, William J. Long. He says, the romantic movement was marked and is always marked by a strong reaction and protest against the bondage of rule and custom which is science and theology as well as literature generally tend to fetter the free human spirit. Students, I hope you know that like M-A-R-K-E-D, it is not uh, pronounced as marked. You know, when uh, the verb is used as an adjective, then we always enunciate the ed, that is marked. So, uh, in the same way, uh, there's this blessed. It's not I feel blessed, I feel blessed. Similarly, aged, you know. So, we are supposed to enunciate ed. Okay. It is of interest to note that just as the Romantics revolted against the literary traditions of the 18th century, Dryden and Pope themselves had revolted in their turn against the tradition of the previous age. The Romantics looked for inspiration and guidance to Spencer and Milton, whereas Dryden and Pope had looked to the Roman poets of antiquity. Thus, both the neoclassicists and Romantics, while breaking away from the traditions existing immediately before them, respected a more ancient tradition. Uh, let's consider in what respect the Romantics parted with the neoclassical tradition. So the third subtopic comes up and this is reaction against reason. Here again we can start with a very famous critic Kazamia. He observes that the literary transition from the Renaissance to the Restoration is nothing more or less than the progress of a spirit of liberty at once fanciful, brilliant and adventurous towards the rule and discipline both in inspiration and in form. The transition from Neoclassicism to Romanticism is just the reverse of this. The Neoclassicists were champions of common sense and reason and were in favour of normal generalities against the whims and eccentricities of individual genius. Nature in inverted commas and reason were glorified much of the satire of the 18th century was directed against fancy and unreason. Swift 
in the fourth book of gulliver travels we have all heard about gulliver travels to consider an example chastises yahoos for being creatures of impulse and devoid of reason or common sense right and then the romantics discredited wit as against real poetic inspiration poetry to them did not mean just a sort of smart norms but something inner and spiritual enlightening spiritually enlightening to say poetry is the breadth and finer spirit of all knowledge it is the impassioned expression which is in the countenance of all science who said this these words are by wordsworth and he wrote this in the preface to the second edition of the lyrical ballads he advised the student of chemistry to lay aside his books and turn to poetry for true learning the romantic concept of a poet in poetry was thus entirely different from the classical one dryden and pope had believed that a poet was a civilized man of the world but but much wittier and more talented than other civilized men to the romantics a poet became a seer a clairvoyant a philosopher and in the words of shelley an unacknowledged legislator of mankind new classical poetry was mainly a product of intellect and it was to intellect that it chiefly appealed right that's why we call that new classical poetry was a drawing room poetry that it was so much full of um intellect that you were supposed to sit down in your drawing room and discuss you know discuss the very serious heavy duty intellectualism the attitude of most romantics was however keenly anti-intellectual thus wordsworth strongly denounced that false secondary power by which we multiply distinctions blake represented reason as clipping the wings of love and keats declared that philosophy will clip an angel's wings it's a very famous quote so now we come to um, another important aspect rather the sub topic and that is uh, the predominance of imagination feeling and emotion the romantics revolted against the new classical exaltation of wit they gave the place of wit to imagination and that of intellect to feeling and emotion this is the kind of mantra they have that you have to keep in your mind about this dichotomy between intellect and emotion uh the famous words of wordsworth are i have said that poetry is the spontaneous overflow of powerful feelings it takes its origin from emotion recollected in tranquility the emotion is contemplated till by a species of reaction the tranquility gradually disappears and an emotion kindred to that which was before the subject of contemplation is gradually produced and does itself actually exist in the mind and then uh, the new classes had held imagination suspect they had admitted fancy now and then but uh, the true imagination of colleges conception was almost non existent they had neglected love as a theme of poetry their poetry was mostly didactic and this didacticism that is the kind of teaching quite often took the shape of satire even when some romantics now and then become didactic they are not just being intellectual or rhetorical they rather appeal primarily to our emotions and take a generous help from imagination 
and uh, the exaltation of imagination sometimes almost took the form of a revolt against realism amounting to escapism all your classical poets were hardball realists men of the world and sometimes men of affairs blake is the most notorious example of a romantic moving in the world of visions he went so far as to assert that the vegetable world of phenomena is only a shadow of the real world which is imagination and then we have swift from what we gather from section 9th of the tale of atab would have certainly put such a man as blake behind the bars of a bedlam and then um, all this uh, condemnation of civilization is um, incidentally a basic tenet of european romanticism uh, we have walter jackson bait who observes that it is also encouraged the common romantic emphasis on the virtues of simple and rural life and in its extreme form found outlet in continuing the cult of the noble savage which is unspoiled by contact with civilization it lent a kind of sanction to the vogue of the untutored and original genius and the frequent dilating on the natural innocence and goodness of childhood is an equally common expression of it the neoclassics had expected a child to be a little gentleman but most romantics like blake and wordsworth gave him a spiritual importance for being full of the intimations of immortality rousseau the french thinker was chiefly responsible for this vital change of conceptions and now we come to uh, the style uh, that is we need to understand about the diction and meter so the romantic movement was a revolt not only against the concept of poetry held by the new classes it was also a revolt against traditional poetic measures and diction about the part of the romantic revolt leguy observes to express their fervent passions they sought a more supple and more lyrical form than that of poe a language less dealt dealt by convention meters unlike the prevailing couplet they renounced the poetical association of words and drew upon unusual images and varied verse forms for which they found models in the renaissance and the old english poetry some of these verse forms were personal inventions of the new poets they sounded the death knell of the heroic couplet which had reigned supreme upwards of a century and now we come to the last topic and that is the romantic movement was a strong revolt against social authority as well and um, the romantic revolt against social authority took as many shapes as the one against literary tradition most of the romantics were radical in their political views and crusaders for the emancipation of the individual the french revolution affected all the romantic poets though in different ways the young wordsworth and coleridge were thrilled with joy at the fall of the bastille which signified for them the cracking of the tyrannic chains which had kept in bondage the human spirit for so long later however with the reign of terror the lake poets that is wordsworth coleridge sade turned conservative and wordsworth owned the censure of browning as the lost leader the later romantics shelley keats and byron were stronger and more consistent radicals than the earlier ones 
all of them devoted themselves to the cause of freedom in all lands baron upheld the cause of greek freedom in his poetry and his person not only financially and morally but to conclude the romantic movement was much less a political than a poetic movement uh and yes one more thing the revolt against social authority did not only mean condemnation of political tyranny and support for democracy it also meant sometimes an open rebellion against long standing social taboos on free love and even incest uh we can have the example of shelley who was an arc rebel against all such curbs incest provides the theme of his play the sensi and then again we have the revolt of slam which is likewise a call for rebellion against tyranny and social authority alike shelley revolted against even god and earned his dismissal from oxford university from his with his pamphlet the necessity of atheism this is something that you have to keep in mind always and then his uh, too insistent and serious belief in free love compelled his first wife to take her own life so this was all about uh, the romantic movement as a revo- as a revolt and i hope you all enjoyed listening to it and you can always get back to our department whenever you have any question or any query so keep looking out for more content on this very podcast thank you so much